Welcome to another Sunday morning sermon from Marysville Christian Church. We're glad you're here joining us on this journey to learn more, love more, and look more like Jesus. We invite you to grab a cup of coffee and a Bible as we dive into God's Word. In times of chaos, God keeps us calm. He gives us sanity in a world gone mad. It can be devastating when you start to hear gossip and lies that are falsely accusing you of something that you didn't even do or didn't even say. Everything within us wants to protest, but you don't even know me. Psalm 139 seems to have been written in response to the accusations made against King David at the time. It helps to understand the context of that when you notice the very last thing he says in verse 23 and 24, where he appeals to God for clarity in a season in his life of a lot of second guessing. Hear what he says. Search me, God, and know my heart. Examine me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any idolatrous way in me and lead me in the way that has always been right. It's almost as though he's saying, I know what people are saying about me, but they don't know me. You, God, you are the only one who knows my heart. Anytime you've been in a position where you've been out front, you understand that the arrows always come from behind. There will always be complaints and there will always be second guessing of decisions you make. There will always be gossip and rumors of things that you've done or said or didn't do and didn't say. And more than likely, that's the reason why David writes what's really weighing on his heart in Psalm 139. I have to admit, after listening to the presidential debate the other night, I'm sure both candidates feel like they've been lied about and falsely accused by each other. And as crazy as that night was, it does remind us of how each one of us feels that need for vindication. We're driven and compelled to make sure that people try to understand who we really are and what we really mean. It's in times of chaos like that that David found reassurance in this. Because he's an all-knowing God, God knows who I am. In the first four verses of 139, he said, the message says it this way. God, investigate my life. Get all of the facts firsthand. I'm an open book to you, even from a distance. You know what I'm thinking. You know when I leave and when I get back. I'm never out of your sight. You know everything I'm going to say before I start the first sentence. There aren't many people in your life, are there, that really know who you are? I mean, really know who you are. Not the performing you, not the social media you, not the disappearing Snapchat post of you, and certainly not even you on your worst day, because that's not who you always are, any more than you on your best day is who you always are. The worst you is not the real you, and neither is the best you. And the failure you isn't the real you, any more than the successful day version of you is the real you. 
The fun you is not the boring you. The happy you is not the grieving you. I guess maybe if you wanted to throw some numbers out, maybe we could do it like this. Would you say that there are 100 people that know the real you? I mean, look around the church that you're in at the time. Are there 100 people here who really know you? Are there 100 people that could even say your name if they saw it in a directory? How about 50 or maybe 25? What if, we, what if we just say 10? Are there 10 people who really know you? In all likelihood, we need to cut that in half and maybe even cut that in half again. Are there possibly five people in your life that you would be comfortable saying, they really know who I am? The odd thing is, there's nothing more that we crave and nothing at the same time that we fear more than to really be known for who we are. The risk is this. If they really knew us, they might not like us. And if they don't like us, they may not want to be around us. Others decide to make a preemptive strike, and they'll tell you way too much information right away. Some of you have been on dates like that, where within the first 10 minutes, you know their whole story, warts and all, and you just want to run. Well, that's what freaks us out about God. Will he want to turn and run away from us as well if he were to really know everything about us? But in times of chaos, David finds reassurance in this. Because God is in all places God, he knows where I've been, where I am, and also where I will be next. In verses 5 through 10 of Psalm 139, he says, I look behind me and you're there. And then up ahead and you're there too. Your presence is in my coming and going. And that's reassuring. It's too much. It's too wonderful. I can't take it all in. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens... You're there. If I make my bed in the depths, you're there. If I rise up on the wings of the dawn in the east, if I settle on the far side of the seas to the west, even there your hand will guide me and your right hand will hold me fast. Regardless of how rattled we are by what's going on around us or no matter what's being said about us, we can find peace, hope, and strength in knowing that our God knows it all. We find peace because he knows who we really are, because he knows where we've really been and where we've come from that made us that way. Kind of a nature versus nurture thing. He knows how we grew up. He knows our past. He knows the things that have been said to us or done to us. He knows our victories and our failures that all go together to make us who we are and how we react today. It gives us hope in knowing that he knows how to find us, no matter where life or the people in our life have drug us off to. And there's strength in also knowing that he knows exactly what we need in this very moment today. He knows the strength that we need to overcome the obstacles that would keep us from him and keep us from being where he needs us to be. 
And that's reassuring because God knows everything about where we've been. Just like God knew where David had been, where he was, and where he would be. God knew, when, knew David when he was in the field with the sheep as a shepherd. And he knew David when he was in the field with Goliath as a soldier. He knew David when he was kneeling before the prophet with the oil of anointing running down in his hair and into his beard just as much as he knew David when the ashes of grief covered his head over the loss of a child. He knew David when he was in the king's palace playing his harp for a schizophrenic King Saul. And he knew David when he was dodging the spears that Saul would throw at him in determination to kill him. He knew David when he was dancing naked in worship before God. And he knew David when he was dancing naked in the sheets with Bathsheba. Celebrating the birth of his son Absalom, God was there. Just as God was there when David was on the run to escape a plot by that same son Absalom. To overthrow him and kill him. God knows where David has been, where he is, and where he will be. And that's why David cries out to him in gratitude. I just am overwhelmed to know that you've seen it all, God, and you've been with me every step of the way. In times of chaos, David also finds reassurance in this. Because he is an all-light God, God can be trusted in your darkest times. There's no dark side to him, kind of like there was with King Saul, the schizophrenic king, where you never knew whether he was going to be the good King Saul or the bad King Saul. It could all change in a moment. In verse 11 and 12 of 139, David says, If I say, surely the darkness will hide me, and the light will become night around me, even, if the, even the darkness will not be dark to you, and the night will shine like the day, for darkness is the same as light to you. Unlike life in the palace with King Saul, where the king could turn on him with the next whisper of a rumor, God will never turn on you. There's no dark side to God. In 1 John chapter 1 verse 5, he affirms that God is light and in him there's no darkness at all. In the darkest moments of our life, if we allow him to, God will enable us to find our way. But we have to make a decision. We have to make a choice. Will we live life in that darkness or will we live life in his light. It shouldn't surprise us that if we live by his truth, the blood of Jesus purifies us from all of our sin, according to 1 John 1 verse 7. And so, instead of being fearful of what he'll find when he knows who we really are, we find peace instead. There's no reason to worry about being transparent with him because of his grace. We can count on God being constant, a light in the darkness of the world around us. And so in times of darkness, in times of chaos, David also finds reassurance in this. Because he is my creator, God knows why I am the way I am. 
in verses 13 through 15, he says, you made all of the delicate inner parts of my body. You knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion, as I was woven together in the darkness of the womb. There is nothing about my past that God hasn't known. There is nothing about your past that God doesn't know now. And when it comes to why you are the way you are today, because of yesterday, and because of what's happened today, we can find our anxiety replaced by confidence. We can find our addictions replaced by devotion. We can find our anger replaced by a sense of tranquility and peace. God makes the whole conversation about nature or nurture irrelevant. It doesn't really matter who your parents were or what they did to you. It doesn't matter what family you were born into or how you were raised. Because he knows why you are the way you are, that means he knows what you need the most now, today, at this point in your life going forward. And that brings him peace, hope, and strength. In times of chaos, God find, or David finds reassurance in this. Because God is always present, he's always been there and always will be there no matter what he finds in me. In Psalm 139, verses 16 through 18, he says, You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. How precious are your thoughts about me, O God. They cannot be numbered. I can't even count them. They outnumber the grains of sand. And when I wake up, you are still with me. You see, unlike others, we don't have to worry about hiding anything from God in order to keep God close. He learned the value of what it would mean to be able to trust someone in his life from the king's own son, Jonathan. You see, when you have someone who's always there for you, it helps you understand God a little bit more. Because he tells us in Romans chapter 8, verse 27, that he searches our hearts to understand exactly what the spirit within us is thinking. And then just a few verses later on, in verse 31, he says, because if God is for us, then who could be against us? No accusation will stick. No condemnation will stand. God already knew it. God's already forgiven it. Because God has been there. He is there now, and he is not going anywhere. That's how much he loves us. So in times of chaos, David finds reassurance in this. God, because he knows me, everything about me, God deserves my devotion. 
in 19 through 22. Oh God, if only you would destroy the wicked. Get out of my life, you murderers. They blaspheme you. Your enemies misuse your name. Oh Lord, I shouldn't hate those who hate you. Shouldn't I despise those who oppose you? Yes, I hate them with total hatred, for your enemies are my enemies. A long time ago, a good friend of mine encouraged me with these words. He said, Ed, you cannot take a stand for something without automatically taking a stand against something else. If God reveals truth, then he deserves my devotion to stand against lies. If God is justice, then he deserves my devotion to stand against injustice. If God commits himself to love, then he deserves my devotion to stand against those who hate. In times of chaos, we search for answers from God. But remember to let God search within you for answers as well. To restore order out of the chaos that's surrounding your life. And that finally brings us to his wrap-up in verses 23 and 24. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Examine me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any idolatrous way in me. Lead me in the path that has always been right. One translation even phrased it this way. See if I'm on the wrong path and set me on the right path instead. We need to be open to the searching of God. That confidence in who God is how God has always treated us, the fact that he's always been with us no matter where, and that he's known us from the inside out, that gives Paul and us the courage to say what he does in Galatians 4, verse 9. Now that you've come to know God, or rather to be known by God, how could you turn your back on him? How could you go back to the way that you used to live? He would also say in 2 Corinthians 6, verse 14 and 15, you're not the same as those who don't believe, so don't join yourselves to them. Good and evil don't belong together. The King James Version there phrases it, you know, good and evil cannot be yoked together. Light and darkness can't share the same space. How can there be any unity between Christ and the devil? What does a believer have in common with an unbeliever? And then when you get a few verses further on in chapter 7, verse 1, he wraps all of that conversation up with this observation. God has made us these promises. So we should cleanse ourselves from everything that defiles our body and our spirit. We should honor God by trying to be completely like him. Why? Because he's an all-knowing God. He knows who I am. He's in all places, God. He knows where I've been, where I am, and where I will be next. He's an all-light God who can be trusted because he's not going to go dark on me. He's a creator God who knows why I am the way I am. And he's an always present God who's been there in the past and will be there in the future. God deserves our devotion. What will he find when he searches your heart?
We hope you enjoyed today's message. If you'd like to learn more about Marysville Christian Church and connect with us, be sure to go to our website, marysvillechristian.org. If you are near the Marysville area, we would love to have you join us on Sunday morning. We have our Bible study classes at 9 a.m. and our regular worship service is at 10 a.m. Our address is 17,000 Waldo Road, Marysville, Ohio, 43040. Our phone number is 937-642-9838. Email is office at marysvillechristian.org.